We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. What a win. The Lakers get the big win over the Knicks on the road. They go and get the job done in New York. How about that defense in the fourth quarter? Shutting things down. The Knicks could not score some of it. Let's face it. Some of it was just missed shots. Some of it, though, was the Lakers defense tenacious all over the place, doing everything they needed to do to get the win. In the Big Apple, final score, 113-105. Welcome in, everybody coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from X. Happy to have you here with us tonight. Let's talk some Lakers basketball. We're going to break down the win. We'll talk about the latest trade rumors, the Jared Vanderbilt situation, and much, much more. I am Trevor Lane. If you're new to the show, you guys can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. We've got a lot of stuff to get into from this one, a lot. First, a quick peek at the box score. Right now, we've got Anthony Davis with 11 points. Doesn't sound like much. A lot of people look at that and say, oh, here we go. Another AD game disappearing. 18 rebounds, five assists, four blocks. He was everywhere for the Lakers doing everything else they needed to do. Should they have gotten him more involved offensively? Probably. But coming off of injury, AD had a tough shooting night, four for 12. And he made a big impact on this game, despite not scoring the basketball. LeBron James, 24 points, five boards, five assists, two steals, 10 for 19. This guy is unreal. Unbelievable. D'Angelo Russell, 16 points, four assists, five for 14 shooting. Austin Reeves, 22 points, six boards, seven assists, two blocks, six for 13, three of six from deep for Austin Reeves. And then Torian Prince gets moved to the bench. Rui Hachimura starts. Torian Prince still gets the bulk of the minutes. And you know what? In this one, I'm not that upset about it. When you look at how the game unfolded, when you look at the defensive schemes the Lakers went to, this actually makes sense. I know. Night in, night out, we talk about this. We talk about Torian Prince getting too many minutes. In this specific matchup, without Jared Vanderbilt and with the schemes they were trying to run against Jalen Brunson, this actually made sense for the Lakers. 16 points, three for six from deep from Torian Prince who, again, had a, a pretty nice game. A few costly mistakes, but overall, a solid performance from Torian. Liked what we saw to him. And then Jackson Hayes. 10, po- 10 points, Jackson Hayes. The microwave scorer off the bench. 10 points in 13 minutes. Three of three shooting, plus three assists. Jackson Hayes has just become the king of the bizarre stat lines because last game, he played 34 minutes 
and didn't commit a single foul, which was amazing. This game, no fouls again. So now he's played, what is that? Over 45 minutes of, of playing time here. Is that 47 minutes of playing time here for Jackson Hayes? And he's yet to commit a foul in two games. That's crazy. Then on top of that, 10 points and three assists. Who knew? Jackson Hayes dishing the basketball out there. Max Christie played 26 minutes. The stat line doesn't look impressive. Two blocks, six points, one board, one assist. But I actually liked a lot of what he did in this game as well. All right. Let's go. Let's get into some of your questions and comments. A lot of things to talk about, folks. I am so fired up. You got the you got the Celtics win in Boston. You go to New York. You beat the Knicks on the road, getting it done. That's what we want to see out of this Lakers team. Joseph said, sound defense, set plays, Rui starting, Christy minutes. Who threatened him in his sleep? And how do we send a fruit basket? Plays of the game. LeBron's defense on Brunson and Christie's block. Absolutely. You know, when we look at LeBron James and we question where is he at at this stage in his career, and I think it's a fair question. I really do. I think it's a fair question. How often can LeBron really turn it up defensively? And there's so many times where people complain about what LeBron's doing defensively. And again, rightfully so. You see it a number of times where LeBron, he needs to make a closeout. He doesn't. Where LeBron, you need him to hustle back on defense. He doesn't. Where he looks his age, but then you see this. You see these moments where LeBron really needs to turn it on, where you really need a critical stop. He can still do it. And we saw it tonight against Jalen Brunson late in the fourth quarter. LeBron got switched onto him, chased him around, and forced a bad shot that essentially ended the possession for the Knicks. It was great to see. And again, it's proof that while LeBron can't do that every single night, he can't do that every possession anymore. He can still do it when he really needs to. So that was great to see. And then Max Christie, yes, he did. He had a fantastic block in this game as well. Drew Potter said, great win by the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde Lakers. You know, that's what LeBron called them. And I think we may just have to stick with that. These are the Jekyll and Hyde Lakers. Apparently, that's just that's just what it is. They're the Jekyll and Hyde Lakers because they are, oh, man. They have games where they're terrible, where they're frustrating to watch. Talk about the Rockets game, the Hawks game. And then they have other games where they look like world beaters. And they do these crazy things like, I mean, shutting down the Knicks for what was that? Like five, six minutes that the Knicks didn't score in the fourth quarter. Incredible stuff. Andrew said Lakers locked in on defense. Huge credit to LeBron defense today. Max has got to get minutes now. Torian gave us some good stuff tonight and shout out to AD praying Bando's okay. Uh, also, super cuts. Austin Reeves is coded. Austin got a haircut. I'll have to ask, did he actually go to super cuts? But uh, yes, Austin Reeves, fantastic stuff from him as well. So you brought up Max Christie and that he's got to get minutes now. Let's talk about that for a moment. So right now, Jared Vanderbilt, where the situation is, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting earlier tonight uh, and earlier today that Vando, he's going to be out a little while. Um what we the first report was several weeks, but he's still undergoing testing to figure out if he might be out for the season. Now, I don't know all the details of exactly what's going on here, but the reports that are coming out, the sense is starting to get a bit more ominous here that Jared Vanderbilt's season may indeed be over. Now, I'm I hope it's not. 
I hope, because the initial report was maybe several weeks. That's the best case scenario right now. So we're talking maybe post-All-Star break, maybe sometime in March, that you might see Jared Vanderbilt back. He's dealing with a midfoot issue uh, after that injury in the game against the Boston Celtics. That's the best case. But this doesn't, like if you've been around the NBA for a while, you've been following this for a long time, you kind of know the way reporting around injuries go. This doesn't seem promising, right? Again, I will be pleasantly surprised. I hope he's totally fine uh, in a few weeks. I hope that's what happens here. But I think the Lakers need to start preparing as though Jared Vanderbilt will not be joining them for the remainder of the season. I talked about this on the podcast that went out this morning. Um, it's unfortunate because not only is Jared Vanderbilt critical to this team, not only is his defense critical to the team, but you essentially on the season, you got five games. You got five games of the real version of Jared Vanderbilt. That's all you got on the season if you're the Lakers. That's it. The rest of the season, while you had Jared Vanderbilt from the beginning of December on, he wasn't himself. He wasn't 100%. You could see that. He couldn't give the team what he normally gives. Five games, we saw Vando go back to being the defensive dynamo that we know and love, and that's all you got. So if the season is over for him, Max Christie is going to have to play minutes. He's going to have to because you need defensive players with no Vando right now, no Cam Reddish, no Gabe Vincent. Aside from AD, those are the three guys that you were going to rely upon the most to deal with your perimeter defense. The most. And all of them are gone. So, Max Christie is probably the next best equipped to deal with things on the perimeter to defend. We've seen him do that in a number of games, and I thought he did pretty well in this one tonight. I think he is going to have to get more minutes. I also think this changes what the Lakers are going to need to do at the trade deadline. I think it changes their priorities. Instead of Number one on the list being a quick athletic guard. Number one on the list is now a defensive wing to try to help mitigate the loss of Jared Vanderbilt. I think you have to get that. Um, a quick defensive guard is also needed. You saw it tonight. What happened with Jalen Brunson? The Lakers with no Vando, no Cam Reddish, no Gabe Vincent, no one to guard him, right? Eventually, the Lakers had to get into a scheme where they were doubling Jalen Brunson, and it cost them a few times. And this is where Torian Prince made more sense because he's just quicker than Rui Hachimura. What you're asking your defense to do in situations like that is force the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands and then scramble to get out to open shooters before they can make you pay for it. That's what you're trying to do with that type of defense. The championship Lakers, 2019-2020 Lakers team, was great at this with Frank Vogel, but that's also Danny Green, KCP, Alex Caruso, those guys executing this. So... Torian Prince made sense in this one, but bottom line, if Vando's done, the Lakers, their trade deadline priorities have to change. Um, and Torian Prince in this game, I thought it actually made sense playing him the minutes that he played. And you, you know, I'm being honest here because I've been the one saying Torian, his minutes needed to come down. Rui, Vando's, they needed to go up in this specific situation with so many guards on the floor for the Knicks. I liked what Darvin did. And let me say that too. Before we get too far into the show, let me say that. Darvin Ham, bravo. Bravo. Again, another good job, especially when you made the adjustments to deal with Jalen Brunson. Now, was some of it aided by some missed shots from the Knicks? Yes. Were there some things that could have been done better? Yes. But you didn't just stand by and let Jalen Brunson torch you. You made adjustments. You did what you needed to do, and you've got the win. 
and you got the job done. Can't ask for anything more than that. Can we nitpack, nitpick on a few things? Sure, of course. Always can. Always can. But as much as we've been critical of Darwin, it's only fair if we also give credit where credit is due. And tonight, I liked what we saw. I liked the decisions that Darvin Ham made in this game. All right, let's get to this one. And we do we'll get need to get to the superstar of the night. We'll be there in just a moment. Shay said, so we lose to the Hawks and Nets, but beat Golden State, Boston, and New York. This team is so confusing. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I think I need to make a graphic. This team is indeed confusing. Also, can we talk about Christian Wood? Zero line in six minutes. Also, Max to close over D'Lo. Again, that's a... Look, in a vacuum, who's the better player, D'Lo or Max? D'Lo. By a lot. By a lot, right? And I like Max Christie. I like his future. I've talked about that a lot. But in this situation, the skill set the team needed was Max Christie's, and Darvin Ham made the correct choice. Give the man credit. And give Max credit for getting in in New York, high-pressure environment, big game, nationally televised, got the job done. Did what he needed what he needed to do. Now, Christian Wood, yeah, Christian Wood in this game, 0 for 2 shooting, nothing else across the stat line uh in seven minutes. Had the one really egregious play where Josh Hart dribbled the ball coast to coast, straight down the middle of the floor, and Wood didn't step over to stop him, and he just scores a layup. In this game, and by the way, I've been again very critical of Jackson Hayes, who has turned it on the last couple of games. When we're talking about skill sets, who's probably the better player overall? The last two games, Jackson Hayes, no question. But over the course of the season, who's had the better season? Christian Wood. Christian Wood, no doubt. But if you're going to run that scheme, if you're missing Jared Vanderbilt, whose quick feet are part of what makes him so good defensively, Jackson Hayes has much quicker feet than Christian Wood does. If you're going to ask somebody to run a scheme defensively that you have to recover on, you have to cover a lot of ground very quickly, Jackson Hayes is going to be the better fit for that scheme. So once again, took advantage of his opportunity. Give Jackson Hayes credit. Also liked his uh, off-ball cutting, particularly uh, along the baseline. Had a couple of nice plays there. Uh, Bobby Portis checked last year, Prince's game against New York. Yeah, didn't he blow up? I want to say it was like a 35-point game or something for uh, for Torian last year when he was in New York. Maybe, maybe that's just what it takes. Koem. Said, been saying this, Torian Prince is not a bad player. He's just been badly used. He's a great player off the bench. What a great fourth night, uh, fourth right off the bat, end to end. Yeah, Torian, I thought he was being asked to do too much. And to be honest, he was probably asked to do too much in this game too, out of necessity. How many times did we see him guarding Jalen Brunson? I would have preferred if that was Max Christie on some of those, but he was asked to defend Jalen Brunson a lot. Is that in his wheelhouse? No, no, of course not. But I thought Torian off the bench, overall, it makes more sense. Um, I don't think he is a true point of attack defender, not the way Vando is, not the way, say, Cam Reddish is. He's not going to be able to do those things for you. But can he come in and be a role player that can knock down a three every now and then, that can grab a rebound every now and then, that can make a play? Sure, that every once in a while will surprise you by putting the ball on the floor and attacking the basket. Yeah, every once in a while throw a pass that's a little bit better than you expect him to throw? Yes. Yes, he can do all those things, and all those things become more possible when you take the pressure off of him of starting and having to contribute 
every single night and having to defend the other team's best perimeter players. Now, maybe he's going to have to do more of that with Jared Vanderbilt out until we see what happens here at the trade deadline. But I think Torian off the bench just makes more sense. I mean, this goes all the way back to the summer, back to July, back to July. We talked about what is Torian Prince. He can be a high-level role player off the bench. That's what he is. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's he's had a long career, and it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. I like Torrin. He's a great value at $4.5 million. He was just being asked to do too much. Allen said those back-to-back blocks by AD, oh my goodness, right? Right? I mean, Anthony Davis. People question, is AD really that good of a player? You've got all that nonsense out there right now. People saying Anthony Davis shouldn't even be an all-star. Come on. Like, this was one of Anthony Davis' poorer offensive performances. He's not right physically. You can see he's not 100%. And he made that kind of an impact on the defensive end. People call this man soft. Did you see how many rebounds he was fighting for? Pulled down 18 boards, blocking shots the way that he did. If AD hits 65 games and he doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, something's very wrong with this league and with the voting in this league. All right, Muffin Break says superstar of the night is Anthony Davis. Let's uh, let's get to that. Let's get to that. Here we go. So chat, start firing off. Who is your superstar of the night? Superstar of the night. Superstar of the night. What do we think? What do we think? Superstar of the night. Who are we going with? David said AD is our MVP this year. Don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that, my friend. Uh, AD, AD, AD. I'm getting a lot of Anthony Davis. And I'm in agreement. See, if you look at the stat sheet, you go, oh, LeBron put up 24 points. LeBron shot them about 40% from three, over 50% from the field. Five assists, five boards. LeBron was great. But in terms of just gutting out the game and giving the team what they needed, again, LeBron was great. I think I'm going to go AD. I think I'm going to go AD. And the thing was, it's not a bad LeBron game at all. Again, I love it when we see LeBron sort of turn back the clock and get those defensive stops the way he did in this game. When we see LeBron closing out the way he did, when we see him hitting those shots, those I'm not letting us lose the game kind of shots. But that's just how monstrous AD was. So I'm going to go Anthony Davis for superstar of the night. But if you told me you want to pick LeBron, I'm not going to. LeBron was great. LeBron was great in this game, but I'll go AD. I'll go AD in this one. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Senpai, my guy said, as depleted as they were, I expected a blowout, but I'll take the W. All rides on Thursday. Well, you know, one thing we do have to note, and I don't, not to be a Debbie Downer here, right? Not to rain on the parade, but we should note, it's only fair, if we're going to talk about Jared Vanderbilt being out, we're going to talk about Cam Reddish being out. We're going to talk about Gabe Vincent, all the, you know, the Lakers made defenders being out. No Mitchell Robinson, no Julius Randle, no OJ Ananobi for the Knicks. That's a lot. That's a lot that the Knicks were missing. And let me say this. I watching this Knicks team play. I'm honestly a little jealous of the tenacity. Not that the Lakers didn't turn it up and match that level, especially in the fourth quarter. I think they did. The Knicks brought that out of them, but this Knicks team, the way they pursue offensive rebounds, how feisty they are. It feels like there could be two Lakers, three Lakers around the ball. If there is one Nick, that player is coming away with it. The New York player is coming away with the ball. It just felt like that all game. This team missing three of their starters 
came out and played great. They were they were fantastic. Brunson was all but unstoppable. They fought all the way through. That Knicks team, man, I would not want to have to fight that team in a seven-game series. I hope the Celtics get matched up with the Knicks in a seven-game series because I don't know if the Celtics are going to survive it. And if they do, they're going to come out beaten and bloodied because this Knicks team has a lot of fight in them. New York fans, I'm sure they're upset. I'm sure they're upset about losing that game. And I'm sure they're upset about going cold when they did and the Lakers defense turning it up when they did. But man, they've they've got a team to uh, to feel proud of, for sure. That's, that's a team where you, I'm like, man, I can see why their fans really get behind this Knicks team. They get after it. It was great to see. Uh, need a needle-moving trade or it's over with, sent by finishes with. Come on, Rob. So I guess that's the question. What is a needle-moving trade? What is that? What is a needle-moving trade exactly? By the way, guys, all of you who are who are here in the chat, make sure you hit that like button, please. Let's get this video out to everybody that we can. Smash that like button for us. Um, a needle-moving trade, what is it? What would that look like? Is that DeJounte Murray? Who, by the way, we need to talk about this. Oh, Tina Guzman said, I don't feel sorry for the next... Well, I don't need... Look, the, the Lakers have been crushed by injuries this year. They've had all kinds of things happen. Injuries happen. I don't feel bad for the Knicks at all. I'm, I'm more impressed that they played through it the way they did. But a needle-moving trade. Um, DeJounte Murray, in case y'all didn't see this, um, by the way, the Warriors lost. The Kings won, but the Mavs also lost. A nearly perfect night. I'm keeping track of these things over on X at Trevor underscore Lane every day, putting out what we need to happen in that night's games. We almost had a perfect night tonight. The Lakers won, the Mavs lost, the Warriors lost. Unfortunately, the Kings won, but really good night for the Lakers. But when we're looking at DeJounte Murray trades, one of the concerns that we've had has been that his three-point shooting is not real. He was shooting 39% from three on the season. And the concern was, if you trade a three-point shooter, the caliber of D'Angelo Russell, who's been fantastic for the Lakers. Sure, he's streaky, but overall, he's been fantastic for the Lakers shooting the ball. That what would happen is DeJounte Murray would put on a Lakers jersey and his three-point shooting would go away. Again, 39% from three on the season. Before that, he was like a 33 34% three-point shooter. That was where he, he lived for most of his career as a three-point shooter. Well, guess what? He is now down to 37.5% from three. Listen to his last three games, including his game against the Lakers, which they won. Against the Lakers, he was 0 for 4 from deep. Against the Suns, he was 1 for 8. Tonight, against the Warriors, he was 0 for 6. Now, the Hawks won all three games. But that is a one for 18 stretch from deep for DeJounte Murray. Again, he was up at 39 plus percent from three. It's taken him all the way down to 37 and a half. If you were waiting for a sign that regression was going to hit DeJounte Murray's three point shooting, three games is not everything, but this is something worth keeping an eye on. This is something worth keeping an eye on. All right, let's get to a few more. We do need to get to the star in your role in just a moment. Aquaman said, I turned into an AD stand this year. Oh, I need to finish uh, Senpai's question too with the needle mover thing. We'll talk some more trade in just a moment. But uh, an AD stand this year, do I think Rui gets dealt? Clearly, Ham values Torian Prince more. Good game by Torian Prince. See, I don't think Rui and Torian Prince 
have to be a a swap here, right? Like they're not. Rui's minutes don't necessarily have to come at the expense of Torian, even though they did kind of in this game. Rui is more of a 3-4. Torian is more of a 2-3. That's the way I see them. Torian is smaller, quicker. Rui's bigger, stronger. So it's possible for them to actually play together. Now, I'm not saying they should play together a lot, but it's not like anytime Rui is on the floor, Torian can't be and vice versa. So I don't know that it necessarily needs to be a we're going to pick Torian over Rui type situation. I do think the Lakers need to find some kind of a move. And Adrian Wojnarowski floated the idea out there that maybe with Jared Vanderbilt's injury, the Lakers will just preserve their assets for the summertime. I don't really buy it. I don't buy it because how are you going to sell that to LeBron? Like, yeah, you can go to LeBron and say, hey, LeBron, you know, this team made a run last year. You guys can do it. You don't need us to make a trade. There's nothing good out there on the market. Okay, I can see that argument. But is LeBron really going to look at that and say, we just lost one of our catalysts in Jared Vanderbilt, one of the guys who sparked us on that run last year. And yes, this team has talent, more talent than they've shown so far over the course of the season. But if you lose Vando and you don't go out and do something to help replace him, if you commit long-term to our wing defense is going to consist of Torian Prince and Cam Reddish, well, that's, that's not good. And that, if you're LeBron James and you're staring down a player option in July, do you really want to do that? If you're the Lakers, do you really want to do that? Do you really want to put LeBron to be in that situation where he's thinking, man, I'm 39. Who knows what I'll look like at 40? And they're not going to give me anything to help give me a shot this year? I think the Lakers need to go and find a replacement for Jared Vanderbilt. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to, and I don't, I'm not saying they're going to pull off the, a trade. I'm saying that's what they're going to focus on finding. So far, the market has been really tough. The market's been tough because it's a seller's market and that's not changed, not changed enough. But I do think the Lakers are going to go out there and try to get something done if they can find something workable. I don't know if it has to be a DeJounte Murray trade. And if it's a, we need to replace Vando trade, that complicates things if you're trying to do a trade around D'Angelo Russell. Because it's not like, like, let's say you just say, you know what, we need a wing. We need a wing. Okay, D'Lo for Dorian Finney-Smith. And I'm not saying I would do that deal. Just saying that would accomplish the goal, getting a wing. But then you've got a problem at point guard because you don't have D'Angelo Russell, who's been pretty important for this team. That's why we've talked about the DeJounte Murray trades because that fills the hole at point guard because you're trading for another point guard when you're losing D'Angelo Russell. So it gets tricky if you're trying to use D'Lo to replace a wing. Now, that's not to say it can't be done. I mean, what if you do a combo deal for like, and I know your chat's going to say you don't like this, and look, I don't either, but if you're going to do some kind of combined deal where it's uh, something that brings back like Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith or something, or or you work a separate deal and you get like Tyus Jones or something like that, yeah, there's ways you can fill the point guard position. Even if you lose D'Lo, you have to move him to get a wing. Maybe it's a D'Lo for Bruce Brown type deal that gets you more of a, a defensive guard. Maybe that's something that can help you out a little bit. But I think it is tricky how they're going to navigate this. I think Gabe Vincent's expiring contract, or not expiring, but Gabe Vincent's $10.5 million contract makes sense if you want to flip it for an expiring contract. Uh, Vincent has two more years left after this one. 
You're probably going to have to attract uh, to attach draft capital to it, though. So how much are you willing to pay to get this done? It's hard to see exactly what path the Lakers are going to go down. And that's a challenge because last year it was very simple. Trade Russell Westbrook. <laughs> there, there it is. What's the plan? Trade Russ. Turn him into like three or four useful, useful players. Done. They got it done. This year, it's, okay, now we really need some defensive help. How do you get that, though? Who's the guy that you need to move? Up to this point, it's been D'Angelo Russell. But if you're trying to get a wing, now you're creating a whole other problem by trading D'Lo in that situation. Um, again, going back to Senpai's thing about a trade that moves the needle, we'll see what Rob can get done. He worked some magic last year. Can you make it two years in a row? The hourglass is running out, as LeBron put out there on X. We'll see. Koa, if AD doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, just an incredible defender. Agreed. Agreed. Welcome in to a new channel member, Day Chow. Welcome in. Glad to see you. Uh, you guys, if you don't know what our channel membership program offers, you can click that join button. You can see it. Uh, I have been doing weekly uh, channel member only live shows where you guys actually get to come on stage. We all hang out and talk Lakers basketball. So that's a lot of fun too. Another perk that comes with being a channel member. So check those out. But let's get to this chat. Let's get to this. The star in your role award. Start firing it off. Who do you think should be the star in your role from this game? Star in your role. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Who should be the star in your role? I'm seeing some Jackson Hayes, I'm seeing Max Christie. I'm seeing some Austin Reeves. I'm seeing Supercut Reeves. Austin has got back-to-back -back nicknames now. Last game he was Boston Reeves. Now he's Supercut Reeves. What will next game bring? I'm seeing a lot of Austin Reeves. 
Oh, I'm seeing Austin M.F. Reeves. It's another little nickname there. I like it just for the added emph- emphasis, you know? I like it. Calvin said Austin Reeves. Yeah, it looks like it's almost unanimous here. Almost unanimous. I'm seeing some Max Christie thrown in, some Jackson Hayes thrown in. But I got to go Austin Reeves. I'm going to go Austin Reeves. You look at the night that he had. He closed out the game uh, for the Lakers, got it done. This was a, and Austin finished, uh, final stat line was seven assists, six boards, 22 points, two blocks, six for 13 shooting, three of six from three. Again, when people say the Hawks won Austin Reeves and in exchange for DeJounte Murray or in a DeJounte Murray deal, it's Austin Reeves plus, plus first round pick, plus pick swap, you know, whatever else, uh, plus JHS. The Lakers have been pretty adamant that they will not trade Austin Reeves. Been pretty adamant that they will not trade him. Again, I heard weeks ago that they specifically said, no, we will not trade Austin Reeves. Um, You look at nights like this and you see why. And you see why. Because does it move the needle to swap out Austin and get DeJounte Murray? You could say the same thing about D'Lo. The only difference is D'Lo's contract is problematic this summer because he's got a player option. But I think it's also fair to ask, does DeJounte, like if it was same contract, I would take DeJounte Murray over D'Lo. But it's not such an easy choice, particularly when you factor in skill set, that it's a home run. So are you really moving the needle if you swap out D'Lo for DeJounte or Austin for DeJounte? Maybe, maybe not. It would depend. Like fit would matter a lot then. The contract is important, and I like DeJounte Murray's contract, but fit would become very important. The three-point shooting for Murray would become really important. All of those things would certainly matter. Austin, I think tonight showed what he can do. Now, he hasn't been consistent enough this season, and he's gotten a lot of criticism, and frankly, a lot of it has been fair. We expected him to be the third guy coming into the season. Tonight, he was. So that was great. That was great to see. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Luis said, Lakers' fourth quarter defense was phenomenal. Good to see. Uh, LeBron plays hard defense at age 39. Yeah, I mean, look, the Lakers, you think back to last year, right? Go back to last year, post-trade deadline. What was their superpower? What caused them to take that leap as a team, right? We talk about players' superpowers all the time. Like Austin, it's been efficient scoring. LeBron, it can be that he can do anything, right? Anthony Davis, his superpower is really his defense. That's what he's great at, right? Absolutely great. Um The Lakers as a team last year, it was their defense. They became an elite defensive team after the trade deadline. And it's felt like for much of this season, we've asked, where is that gone? Where is the defense? They've been like middle of the pack. I think last I looked, they were 15th in defensive rating. Where did that defense go for a team that's supposed to have continuity? And we can point to a lot of things. We can point to Darvin Ham using lineups that didn't have chemistry, didn't have cohesiveness, carrying over from last season. We can point to injuries, can point to age. There's lots of things we can point to. But the bottom line is the defense hasn't been there. Not consistently. Jekyll and Hyde. Tonight, the defense was there. And again, some of it was the Knicks missed some shots. Missed some shots that they probably should have made. But that's always a factor in games. Luck is always a factor when we're looking at a basketball game like this. It's always going to, you're going to miss some shots that you normally make. 
Sometimes, but some of it, you have to give credit to the Lakers defense. And I thought they turned it up. I thought they turned up their intensity. And what I liked was the Knicks were up here all game intensity-wise. Their scrappiness, their hustle. And again, New York, you've got a team to be proud of there. I was impressed as hell with the Knicks. The Lakers, though, they were down here intensity-wise, brought it up for the fourth quarter. They met the Knicks' intensity level. And it made all the world a difference. Made all the difference for the Lakers. And that was great to see that they can still take it to that level because we have saw them do it in the in-season tournament. And we haven't seen a lot of it since then. All right, Vinny said, great win. I feel we need to get Murray somehow. Um, Let me ask you guys this, chat. So let me just throw this out to the, to the chat right now because I really want to be, I really want to get your opinions here. Um, DeJounte Murray, does he take the Lakers to the next level? If you have to part, let's say you have to part with one of D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves. Does he move the needle is the way I should put it. Let me know what you guys think. Like if you get DeJounte Murray, do you think the Lakers go to the next level? I'm seeing a lot of no's. A lot of no's. Andrew Lee said, if you get Murray, you got to get a shooter. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. Alex said, depends on what we give up. I'm saying in terms of assets that would help you right now, let's say the only thing you'd give up that would help you this season is either D'Lo or Reeves. Like JHS isn't helping you this season. The picks aren't helping you this season. The only thing you're giving up that would help you this season is D'Lo or Reeves. Does that push the Lakers to be in the next tier in the Western Conference? I'm curious. I'm seeing a lot of no's. A lot of, I've even got an absolutely not in all caps. No, 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 man, a lot of no's. A lot of no's. I'm seeing no's all the way down. Okay. I get it. Now, that's where though, and if we say DeJounte Murray is not that guy that's going to take you to that next level, it's Murray in conjunction with a Another move, maybe a couple more moves, if you want him to really make that kind of a difference. Now, again, I can make the argument, yes, you go get DeJounte Murray if it costs you D'Angelo Russell, but the strongest argument I can make there is not necessarily on the court this season. It's the contract situation. So I think you got to keep that in mind. And you know what? I think there's a point. There's a point where... If and I'm still seeing, I'm still scrolling and seeing tons and tons and tons of no's. I think there's a point where if we get to the playoffs and D'Lo struggles, we'll be looking back saying, "Man, they should have gone for Murray." That's possible. We talk about the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde nature of this team. I think Dejounte Murray, the biggest thing that he's got over D'Lo, aside from the contract, it's consistency. It's consistency. You're going to get a much more consistent performance out of him. D'Angelo Russell might drop 40 one night. And then the next night, he might drop 6, 10. Um, not that he was bad in this game tonight. And by the way, this is also where I have to give credit to Darvin Ham. Played 27 minutes. D'Lo did 16 points, 4 assists, 5 for 14 shooting, 2 for 7 from 3. So not his best shooting game. But this was a game where as the game went on and the Lakers' defensive schemes changed, it became pretty apparent that this was a... Reeves or D'Lo game, not a Reeves and D'Lo game. 
because of the way the Lakers were trying to defend. And Darvin Ham recognized that and made that adjustment. So again, I've been very I've I've poked plenty of fun at Darvin Ham with my Dear Darvin series uh, of the shorts that you have have seen here on YouTube, over on X as well. Um, I've poked fun at him plenty, but I like to call it like I see it. I thought he coached a really good game tonight, and that's you know that's great. That's what we want. That's what I want. I want to see this team get to another level. All right, Isle Farkash said, people are going to slander AD for his offense, but against the Knicks, his rebounding and rim protection are more valuable than you can realize. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. AD, you needed him. And this Knicks team, they thrive on the offensive class. Literally have the best offensive rebound percentage in the league. They are the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA. And you saw tonight, you might go, well, but Mitchell Robinson's out, but Julius Randle's out. They're not going to be as good. Oh, no. They're very good with their offensive rebounding. Josh Hart, our old friend, is an absolute pest on the glass, and all of their guys have that mentality. Are they even better when they've got Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle? Yes, for sure. But they they do, just as a team. They buy in to the offensive rebounding philosophy, and they do a great job of it. Uh, Vinny said D'Lo couldn't be played, so it makes sense to trade him. You know, I guess that's one thing, right? If you had DeJounte Murray in place of D'Lo in this game, it's not a Murray or Reeves game. It could be a Murray and Reeves game. Whereas with D'Lo and Austin, and that's part of maybe another part of the argument of why getting Murray wouldn't be a bad thing. Even if it doesn't necessarily propel you to the next level, it's that Murray and Reeves don't share the same weaknesses. Whereas D'Lo and Reeves, while they're not the same player, they do share the same weaknesses. So that can be a challenge at times. And this game was an example of that. Uh, this one says, even in wins, this team disheartens me because we have so many weaknesses and lack of being able to play complete games is troubling and can be better. There's always things that you can do better. Right? There's no perfect team. As much as teams may want to and especially fans may want to when we're watching a game, and especially when we're talking about the trade deadline. Oh, you know, we need this. I mean, the Celtics have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And you know what I've heard from Celtics fans for years, aside from beat LA, which you didn't do. Um, we need more wings. You've got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah, we need more wings. Everybody wants to be completely stocked at every single position with no weaknesses. That's what fans want. But the fact of the matter is that no team has no weaknesses. Every team is going to have weaknesses. You look at the Lakers championship team in 2020, and we think, we look back on that team through the haze of nostalgia, and we think, oh, that team was perfect. That team was perfect. No, you remember that team's MO? Part of the way through the season, they don't win the big games. They can't beat the best teams. Well, then it turned out that when it mattered, they could. They, they could. They don't shoot the three well. No, they didn't. They didn't shoot the three well. They were not a perfect team. But the things they did well were, over, were able to overcome the things that they didn't. They didn't have a lot of playmakers on that team. Yeah, but LeBron was so good at it that it didn't end up mattering. Every team's going to have weaknesses. So... 
Even if you look at this Lakers team and say, oh man, they've got so many weaknesses. Yes, they do. And they have things they need to address at the trade deadline. But there's also no perfect team. The question is, does it matter? Is your weakness something that you can win despite having it? Because every team will have weaknesses. And that's what these Lakers have to figure out here at the trade deadline. What can they do to put together a team that patches over the worst of their weaknesses? We'll see. Uh, Maddie James said, great win tonight. Also, will anyone from LN be at crypto for the Kobe statue and live streaming? Uh, I don't know if, the, the, if we'll be live streaming it, but uh, I know at the very least, editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkan will be there. Uh, I don't know if any of the other guys will be going, but Daniel will definitely be there um, and he'll get us some footage and stuff of it. Can the Lakers really do a lot of trades with one pick? Well, it's not really just one pick that they've got, right? I mean, it is one first round pick. They do have multiple second rounders that they could use. They do have some young players who might have some value. I mean, it's tough because I'm very much on the don't trade Max Christie train. And when you watch games like this, you can see why I really, I, I really, and I could, three years from now, we may be looking back thinking, man, Lane's an idiot. What's he, what's he thinking? I think Max Christie could be the two guard of the future for the Lakers. I think within a couple of seasons, he could have a five, six year run as the team's locked in starting two guard. I think he could. I think he's going to be, his skill set is that valuable in the NBA. His ability to defend and knock down stand up threes. Um, those are, that's so critical. And then the other parts of his game are going to continue to develop. I think he's he can turn into just that perfect archetype of the three and D style player that I think he could very well be. And who knows who they've got on the team. If they wind up with like Donovan Mitchell or something, then he probably comes off the bench. But I think he could be a starting caliber two guard within the next few seasons. And so I'm I'm not giving him away lightly, but that's another player that teams will be after. Max Lewis might have a little bit of value. JHS has some value, right? You've got other players that have value too. You can also provide value by maybe taking back a salary that a team might think is a little bit much or something. Now, the Lakers, given their cap situation, are not in a spot where they can absorb a bunch of salary, but there's other ways to provide value beyond just first-round picks, especially when we look at the NBA. Right now, and Keith Smith and I talked about this over on the front office show the other day, 75% of the tradable first round picks for the next, I think it's seven years are in the hands of 11 teams. There's not that many firsts sitting out there available until I think a true star becomes available, right? A true star hits the market. And these teams like OKC that have been hoarding first, they're going to go, Oh, how many do you want? Because <laughs> we've got a bunch of them. Um, but for the other guys, when you've got, the Wizards saying, oh, give us a first for Tyus Jones. Give us two firsts for Kyle Kuzma. Well, maybe we'll take one, right? Those prices are going to start coming down. And part of that is, while we talk about this being a seller's market, and it definitely is, there's way more buyers than sellers. There's also, though, a deficit in terms of first-round picks, right? The supply of first-round picks is simply not high because a lot of the teams that have accumulated this glut of first-round picks are not teams that are in positions to sell first-round picks. So that may work in the Lakers' favor in the market, too, with that one first that they do have. Uh, Asa Hartz, if only Torian was as persistent as Vando. One screen and he's out of the play. Good game from him overall. I hope this is a turning point for Austin Reeves. 20 last three games. 
yeah, he's really got it going. Austin's finally showing us who we kind of expected him to be this season, and hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Maybe it's just a haircut. Maybe that's all he needed was a haircut. And now we've got Austin Reeves back. Uh, Torian being as persistent as Vando, you know, that's fair, but how many guys could you say that about around the league? Probably a lot, right? There's a lot of guys we could say, man, if only this guy was as persistent as Jared Vanderbilt. That's part of what sets him apart is because he has this other level, this motor that other people simply don't. So, uh, so it looks like people in the chat are arguing about DeJounte Murray a little bit. I'm not saying DeJounte Murray is bad at all. Again, if I had to, if I have two guys, if, I, if it's D'Lo and DeJounte Murray and contracts are thrown out the window, give me DeJounte Murray. No question. Give me DeJounte Murray. The question is, how much better is he than D'Lo? That's the question. If it's D'Lo or Dame, if it's D'Lo or Steph, okay, that, that moves the needle. That's a big difference. That's a big gap. Make that move and let's go, right? D'Lo or DeJounte, is it as big of a gap? Of course not. Is it enough? It's definitely, it's a step up. There's no question. Is it enough of a step up to where you say, here's all of our picks. Here's, here's a young player. Here's our, our only first that we can trade right now. Here's a pick swap. That's the question for the Lakers that they've got to answer. And it seems like right now they they would make the move if it's on the table, if they can get it. And I'm not saying that's the wrong move. I just question, is that enough? Or is there a subsequent move that would need to happen? Again, DeJounte Murray is very, very good. But there's no question. He's not the top, top tier of point guards in the NBA. He's a sometime all-star tier guy kind of a fringe all-star type player. And that's extremely valuable. By no means am I trying to suggest that DeJounte Murray is not good or that he's not an upgrade. He is an upgrade. The question is how much of one. All right, let's get to a few more. We do need to get to the master lock of the night. Uh, Cameron said, really hoping this level of play is sustainable without Vando. Uh, go trade for Caruso now. I think the Bulls are going to ask for a ton for Caruso, and they should, but I really think he's a great fit in this backcourt. If you are keeping D'Lo, getting Caruso makes a lot of sense because you can play Caruso and Reeves. You can play Caruso and D'Lo, and it's a great fit. It's a great fit. The problem is, if you're the Lakers front office, you have to kind of swallow your pride because that's got to sting to give up what you'd have to give up to get Caruso, as great of a fit as he would be, you would also have to admit you were wrong. You'd also have to admit you blew it. Because years ago, he was willing to take less to stay with the Lakers, and they said no. They said no thank you. Now he's one of the best contracts in the NBA. The, contracts, the contract the Lakers said no to. So there's that too that you'd have to overcome. Not easy. But sometimes that's what it takes. You got to admit, you made the mistake, cut your loss. All right. 
Before we get into the master lock, we're going to get there in just a moment. We do need to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Sleeper. Going to make some quick picks here uh, using the Sleeper app. Super, super easy to download uh, and a lot of fun to play. So you guys check out the Sleeper app. Use our code LakersNation. Uh, again, $500 deposit match. And chat, help me out with making some of these picks for our contest. This will just take a moment. We're just going to do a few of these, then we'll get into the master lock of the night. So chat, let me know. We're going to go with, oh, let's go with Jimmy Butler. The Heat against the Clippers. I like going with the PRA. Oh, looks like I lost it on my screen there. But we'll go here. Do we want to go Jimmy Butler and come back? Nope, not yet. Do we want to go Jimmy Butler more or less than 29 and a half? There it is. It's coming back on. Jimmy Butler more or less than 29 and a half points, rebounds, and assists against the Clippers? More? All right, I'm going to lock that one in. We'll go more. And let's do two more. Uh, let's go Shea Gilders-Alexander going up against the Toronto Raptors. The Canadian going against Toronto. Do we want to go more or less than 33 and a half points? What do we think, chat? Uh, I'm seeing less. Some say more. I'm going to go less because I think it's a blowout. I think it's a blowout. All right. Last one that we're going to do. Derek White for the Celtics. Three and a half assists. Celtics against the Grizzlies. Do we want to go more or less than three and a half assists for Derek White? I'm going to go less because he's a Celtic. All right. Here's our final contest. 5.86x, a $20 play, would get you $117.20. Again, super, super easy to do. Go check out that sleeper app. Use that code, Lakers Nation. All right, everybody. I said we were going to do it. We do need to get into the master lock of the night. Yes, this was a Lakers win. This was a fun win. But what was the most annoying thing from this game? What do you think? was the most annoying thing here. Let's do it. Chat fired off. Master lock of the night. Master lock of the night. Let's go. <laughs> I like that you guys liked my reasoning for going less on, on uh, Derek White because he's a Celtic. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, master lock of the night. Who's it going to? Oh, I've got, I'm seeing some people say offensive rebounds. Master lock Spike Lee. Oh, there it is. Gary's got it. Master lock Dylan Brooks. Every night, Dylan Brooks always gets the master lock. Doesn't matter if the Lakers are playing him or not. Dylan Brooks master locked. Uh, the refs. Brunson flopping. There is a, a plague in the NBA right now. And sometimes it helps the Lakers. But guards, they drive and ride around the free throw line. Defenders, as they're sliding, guards will just take a couple of steps, throw their shoulder into the defender, bounce off and throw the ball at the rim, and they get a foul call. 
the defender's just standing there. I mean, the only way for the defender to avoid it is to somehow teleport, like they need Nightcrawler's superpowers or something like that. Defender just standing there. Guard just slams into him. Oh, that's a foul. I think the way the NBA is officiated is, uh, well, it's very, very offensive friendly. And I'd like to see that changed a bit. But Masterlock Brunson flopping. It's not just him. Oh, Masterlock Doris Burke. You know, I'll admit I didn't listen to the uh, the play-by-play as much in this game as I did the Warriors game. I know I felt like the Warriors game was very pro-Golden State. Was that the same in this one? Was it pro-New York in this game? Masterlock, Spike Lee, more Doris Burke. Must have been. Spike Lee, Doris Burke. A lot of Spike Lee. Masterlock, Stephen A. Smith. A lot of people saying yes in the chat. It was very pro-Knicks. Okay. All right. All right. So my official... Master lock of the night. And it's, oh, DiVincenzo's threes. Yeah, he went berserk from three. Reeves for ruining the AD back-to-back block sequence. Should have lobbed it to LeBron. Yes, that would have been the epic, epic exclamation point on that play. But for me, I'm going to master lock the offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds were... A big, big issue for the Lakers tonight. Again, they gave up at the end of the night. They gave up 18. This was the offensive rebound battle in this game. 18 to 3. 18 to 3. Now, the Knicks shot 41% from the field and 29% from three. So they had a lot of missed shots. But 18 to 3. The Knicks had 20 more field goals than the Lakers. 20. They shot the ball 20 times more than the Lakers did. Now, some of that is free throws. The Lakers took 27 free throws, the Knicks 15. So that's part of it. You had some shot attempts that were taken away on possessions because the Lakers went and shot free throws. Okay. But still, 20 more shot attempts. And here's how the Lakers win this game, despite having 18 to three and 20 more shot attempt edge for the Knicks. The Knicks made 41 shots in the game. The Lakers made 39. The Knicks, in 20 more attempts, only made two more shots than the Lakers did. They'll be kicking themselves looking at that stat. Now, you get more offensive boards when you're missing a lot of shots because there's just more available. There's more possible offensive rebounds. But still, the Knicks are going to be kicking themselves looking at that stat, that they dominated the offensive glass 18 to three and couldn't walk away with the win. So for me, I have to master lock the Lakers, their own defensive rebounding for allowing the Knicks to get 18 offensive rebounds. Again, some of it was the Lakers good defense forced the Knicks into bad shots. Missed shots give you the potential for offensive rebounds, but still you have to finish off the possession with the defensive rebound and the Lakers did not do a good enough job with that. So the Lakers defensive rebounding, that is, my master lock of the night. That was, to me anyway, the most frustrating thing. All right. Is Kobe's statue night the same night as the trade deadline? RV14S. Yes, it is. It's the same night as the trade deadline, and it's the same night um, as they're playing the Denver Nuggets. They return home from their road trip. Again, it's coming up on Thursday. 
to play the Denver Nuggets. So the Lakers have the Hornets coming up on Monday. Then they have Tuesday, Wednesday off as they travel back. And then they've got the Denver Nuggets on Thursday. Remember, trade deadline is Thursday, 3 o'clock Eastern time. That is the trade deadline. 3 p.m. in the afternoon Eastern time is the trade deadline. Keith Smith and I will be live over on the front office show about an hour and a half or so before the actual deadline, breaking down all the deals as they come in, especially if there's some big moves coming in earlier in the day. All right, we'll do a couple more questions, and then we're going to let uh, Sean Davis get started with his post-post game show. Once again, I do appreciate all of you guys for being here and uh, talking Lakers basketball here after this great, great win for the Lakers against the Knicks. Uh, let's see, Jonathan said, continued aggression and great play from the others tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, with the exception of maybe Christian Wood, I thought everybody who came in from the Lakers in this game, yeah, everybody contributed in some meaningful way. Aside from Christian Wood. Wasn't his night. Wasn't his night. Better nights ahead for Christian Wood. Ham made a great call keeping Christie in the fourth. Yes. Yes. And we can say we needed to see this earlier in the season. But again, this is why I'm giving Darvin credit. Coached a good game. His defense was key and D'Lo was struggling on that end. Austin Reeves cooking again. Go Lake Show. Yeah. Happy birthday, Frank, he said. But yes, for sure. Max, that decision to keep Max in, that decision to go D'Lo or Austin, and for Max's defense, for his versatility on that end to be out there, we don't always see that kind of problem solving on the fly from the Lakers. And that was a tough situation. Jalen Brunson was torching you. You don't have a clear, obvious player that can stop him. So that means you've got to figure out some things as a team with your scheme to try to slow him down. And there were times where the Knicks recognized the double that was coming. They passed out of it and they got open looks. There were times that happened. There were also times, though, where the Lakers won that battle, where they were able to rotate, rotate back quick enough, where they've got stops. And a lot of that was because Darvin said, hey, if we're going to use this strategy, I'm using these players and these skill sets. Credit to Darvin for putting the right skill sets in the right time in order to get this win. Heckless said, Master Lock Lakers walking away from Torian Prince after his and one. Did they? I didn't see that. I Maybe I missed it. But I was bouncing around through the stat sheet and, and playback. By the way, if you guys haven't done so yet, Join us on playback, uh, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation for the games or right here on the YouTube channel too. We have our play-by-play here. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it because even though we're not all in person, it's like we all get to watch the game together and go through it together, go through the highs and the lows and everything in between. So that's a blast. Come hang out with us during the game. We have it here on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation and playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. We get started right around game time. You can jump in. Uh, we talk through the whole game, do a little bit of play-by-play. -play. We take questions, comments, all that. It's a lot of fun. If you're just hanging out, you're going to watch the game, hang out with us too. Why not? While we're uh, while we're all hanging out together and we watch the game and have a good time. Uh, Beast Mode said, great win in New York. Bando injury hurts. Big blow for the Lakers. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we've got a few new channel members. Again, welcome in. Channel members, happy to see you guys there. Mamba Mentality even gifted a cha channel membership, which is always cool to see. Welcome in, channel members. We're going to have to do 
another uh, members only live show coming up real soon here. All right, everybody. I think that's about going to do it. Sean Davis is getting ready to start the post post game show. So don't go anywhere. Make sure when Sean's show starts, you jump over in there. He's going to break down a little bit more of the X's and O's of what the Lakers did in order to get this win. But again, everybody, I sure do appreciate you all being here, hanging out, talking Lakers basketball after the game. If you're not a subscriber to the channel yet, hit that subscribe button. So I'm going to keep you up to date on all the latest news heading into the trade deadline coming up on Thursday. Will the Lakers make that big move or not? Uh, all the rumors coming out. I'm going to break it all down for you right here. The Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Podcast listeners, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well. And don't forget to give us that five-star rating and review. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.